I have ever heard. Um, and I want to thank my dad. My, have you ever had that moment where someone says, I think it was you that said, and they say something wise? And then you think, I didn't say that, but I'll definitely take credit for it. I've done that most of my Christian life. That's like how my life has been with my dad. Most of the stuff you're going to hear me say, my dad has already said, but I take credit for it. <laughs> so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. We stand here at New Beginnings. It's one of the things I love about this church is when we read the Word of God, we all stand. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. If I could have one of the youth come up here and read this for me, that'd be awesome. Bring your Bible with you. Bring a Bible with you. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22, 31. While he's coming up here, have you guys seen that movie, uh, After Earth? It's with Will Smith and uh, Jaden Smith. There's a scene that's going to help us understand this text. There's a scene in that movie where Will Smith looks at Jaden and he says, Fear, oh, oh, Jay, Jay Lynn, never mind. He says, Fear is a lie. But don't get me wrong, danger is very real. Danger is real, but fear itself is a lie. And he says that because Jaden is in a moment, and the reason why that movie is so, that part of that movie is so transformative is because everyone's been where Jaden has been in that part of the movie. Everyone's been in a place where fear and doubt creep into your life and it paralyzes you. Everyone's been there. That's why when it, people watch that movie, they remember that part. When Will Smith said, fear is a lie, but danger is very real. So I want to talk to you about waves this morning. I know Kanye West wrote a song called Waves. I'm going to use the name this morning. But waves. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 31. Then they brought him to a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus... Wait a second. Oh, no, that's not it. 12? And should I preach that one? <laughs> Lord, what are you saying? If you don't know who I am, this is very much something I would do. So, hold on one second. Yeah. Google. Oh, 1422. There it is. 14, 22 through 31. Go for it. Was Peter at? Hang on. I gotta find it. Right here, no. Right here. Oh. Sure. All right. Which works? Uh, 22 through 31. All righty. Okay. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. 
cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? You guys have a seat. Thank you, Jalen. That last verse is a verse I want to focus on. Jesus looks at him. He says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, we look at this verse, and we think Jesus is saying something that he's not. What Jesus is about to teach Peter is about two things, fear and doubt, but also love, which is the thing that cancels out the other two. Fear and doubt. What Jesus, fear is the reason why we doubt. Fear is the reason we have doubts. Now, doubt is not the same as unbelief. Doubt is doubting something, looking at something and saying, well, I'm not fully sure that is what it is. Some of me does. Some of me believes in it, but not all of me. We know Peter wouldn't have got out of the boat if he didn't believe Jesus could handle himself out there. But he doubts when fear creeps in. And what Jesus says to him in verse 31, when he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, why'd you doubt? Now, we, we see that and we think what Jesus is really saying is, Peter, you idiot. We think Jesus' tone is, Peter, you dummy. Why'd you doubt? But Jesus' tone, that's not like Jesus' character, is it? Jesus' character is gentle. He's a loving guy. He's nice. He doesn't condescend people when he talks to him. He doesn't condemn people when he talks to him. He said, I came to love, I came to save, not to condemn and not to judge. So we read that thinking, oh, Jesus is about to chew out Peter right now. But Jesus looks at him and he says, what he's really saying is, Peter, what is it about these waves that's making you doubt? Think about the way, te- think about the way Jesus teaches, right? Jesus, oh, the way he teaches is he brings you in and puts you in front of the, the Bible lesson. And once you're in front of it, then he teaches you about it. So if he wants to teach you about um, having a good heart, he'll take you to some soil, right? And drop some seeds in the soil. That's the way he taught. If he wanted to teach you about uh, the power, uh, his power over demons, he would bring you to a demon-possessed guy and cast out the demons. This is how Jesus taught. He would bring these life-size, a lot like Francis Chan, right? He'd bring these life-size uh, lessons in front of you and let you be able to see what it is he's talking about. With this passage, it's not any different. We read this passage thinking Jesus is like, like Jesus is trying to condescend Peter and say, Peter, you need to just look at me, bro. You took your eyes off me, yada, yada, yada. But Jesus is trying to teach Peter. He brings him out on the water because he wants to teach Peter something that he couldn't get in the boat. So he's walking out on the water. And once he's out there, Jesus completely intended for Peter to look at the waves. Now, we preach this passage, and this is what we always say. I'm about to, I'm about to come down on Christian culture right now. We, we come into this passage, and we read it, and we say, this is how we preach it. Well, Peter, you should have kept your eyes on Jesus. You took your eyes off the Lord, Peter. That's why you fell down. That is not Jesus. Jesus intended for Peter to look at the waves. Jesus is not an idiot. When, the, when a person comes out in the water and a wave comes, and you don't look at that wave, you, have, you are an idiot. There's a wave right there. You will die if you don't look at that wave. Jesus had every intention for Peter to see that wave because in the wave, Peter was going to learn something. And looking at that wave... Peter was going to see more than just a wave. He was going to see 
three things that that wave represents. Jesus has every intention for you to learn from the waves in your life. Jesus has no intention for you, for a wave to come into your life, and you just to be like, no, Jesus, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Jesus says, look at that, look at the wave. That's a real wave. The fear is a lie, but the wave itself is real, and it can knock you down. You are foolish if you don't look at that wave. Pay attention to the wave, because in the wave, there's something that God wants to teach you. Let's think about this for a second. Jesus, everything he does is intentional. Every step he takes, every word he says is intentional. He doesn't, he doesn't waste words, waste time on anything. Every part of his life is intentional. Second, Jesus made waves, knowing one day he was going to walk on them and then teach Peter a lesson. 2,000 years before he even walks on the water, Jesus fashioned water. He brought H2O, hydrogen, and oxygen together. He made water knowing 2,000 years later after that, he was going to teach Peter a valuable lesson about fear and doubt on the water. And then 2,000 years after that, he knew we'd be sitting here right now talking about water, talking about waves. Peter is about to learn three things about waves that is incredible. I have to thank my father-in-law, so my other father, in helping me write this message. We stayed up last night until like 1 a.m. on the couch talking about this. Uh, First thing is waves are temporal. Aren't they? So remember we're on a lake. So when a wave comes in this this passage, we're on a lake. We're not in the middle of the ocean. It's a lake that they're on. But when a wave comes up, what does it do? It goes back down. It's temporal. It comes up and it drops. Waves represent a lot of things in this passage. It represents fear. It represents uh, setbacks, fear of those setbacks, fear of pain, fear of temptation. It represents fear. Now, Peter was not, Peter's not going to learn what Jesus wanted him to learn right here. He's not. Peter goes out on the water and he falls. And the, the lesson Jesus wanted Peter to learn, he doesn't learn. Now you're saying, how do we know that? In Matthew 26, the same thing happens. Matthew 26, Jesus says, hey, let me come with you, Jesus. Jesus, if you die, I'm going to die with you. I'm willing to die if you die. That sounds a lot like what Peter just said. Jesus, is that you? Let me come out on the water. Let me come out there and walk on the water with you if it's really you. He's so bold. He's so willing to be like, oh, yeah, I'm there. I'll do it. And then what happens? In the water, he falls. And then when Jesus gets arrested in Matthew 26, he falls down again. He says, oh, I'm down. And then when the wave comes, he's like, oh, wait, never mind. But Jesus intended for him to look at this because waves are temporal. Waves come up and they come down. Who is not temporal? Jesus isn't temporal. He's eternal. Here's the thing that happens, though. We look at the wave, and the wave is so big, we think, oh, this wave is eternal. This wave is so big, I can't get past it. This wave is so big, it's going to wreck me. It's going to knock me down. But Jesus says, wait a second, that wave is going to come down in a couple minutes. In a couple seconds, that wave will be gone. There will be a new wave. Jesus says the only thing that's going to last, the only thing that's constant in this universe is me. Jesus says the only thing that is not temporal that you can see, everything you see is temporal. The only thing that is not is the word of God in our souls. That's the only thing. 
The souls of men and the word of God are the only things that are eternal. Waves don't last. Don't look at the wave in your life right now and mistake that for something that's going to last forever. It's not. The setback in your life right now is not going to last. Let me just, I intended for this to be very practical today. Very practical. The setback you just had this week is not going to last. It's going to be gone and another setback will come. And then that one will be gone. Setbacks happen. Just last night, I lost my keys and I still haven't found them. But I had to go home and I had to write a sermon. So I was like, you know what? Either I'm going to find the keys or I'm going to waste more money, get another key made. And this is like the second one. But it's a setback. It's not going to last. It's a wave. It's going to come up and it's going to go back down. The only thing that's going to stay forever is Jesus himself. The love of Jesus. That's the only thing. Second thing is waves are seasonal, are they not? In the ocean, they're not. Waves are all year long in the ocean. But on a lake, which is, which is where they are, they're on a lake right now. Waves are seasonal on a lake. Here's why. Because in the winter, these waves would come from the warm waterfront. I learned this from Pastor Angelus. The warm waterfront, the warm air on top of the water, and then the cool air coming down from the side of the mountains around the lake would create storms, but only in a certain season, not all the time. Seasons, parts of the day, parts of the month, parts of the year. Waves are seasonal. The setback, the temptation, the fear, the pain in your life right now, let me tell you something about it. It's seasonal. Peter falls down because he thinks this wave is, is unbeatable. This wave is always going to be here. This wave is not only is it, is, it, is it eternal, this wave's too big for me, but also it's unbeatable. But Jesus says, no, Peter, look at the wave. You're a fisherman. You should know this. You know that wave is seasonal. Not only is it temporary, it's going to come up and it's going to crash back down, but it's seasonal. It's not going to last forever in fact it's beatable it's very beatable it's seasonal and because it's seasonal you can beat it think about it every year we get through summer here we think on those days summer is going to kill us this year congratulations every year you beat a fresno summer you should be proud of yourself seasons are beatable you can beat that with God's help. Here's the thing. It's seasonal. So it's going up. It's coming back down. And it's, there's going to be a time when, you're, when Peter's out on the water on this boat, and it's not going to be stormy. It's going to be okay. But there's going to come another season where life is wavy and crazy. But it's beatable because it's seasonal. So temptation. Right? Let's talk about temptation for a second. Temptation walks into your life. You look at temptation and you say, not only do you think that that temptation's eternal, I can't beat it. Sometimes we give in to temptation because we think there's no way I can beat it. So let me just give in to it. But we also give in to temptation when we think it's unbeatable. When actually temptation itself, like the wave, is seasonal. Whatever you are tempted with right now, it's beatable. It's not going to last forever. 
God is going to get you through that temptation. It will not last forever. There's going to be a, now, newsflash, there's going to be a new temptation in the future, but that one also is seasonal. When you have God in your life, he has every intention to break the chains in your life, to break the things that you are afraid of. He has every intention, but we fall into temptation every time when we start to think that temptation is eternal and when we start to think that temptation is unbeatable. We think, oh my gosh, I can't beat it, so let me just fall into it. But the hope is what's supposed to get you past that. The love that God has for you is what's supposed to get you past that. The truth is you will fall into into temptation, but it's beatable. It's not always going to be having control over your life now whether you you struggle all the way to the day you die in heaven that temptation will be gone but god has every intention to break the chains in your life and they are very much beatable the fear of those temptations the fear of uh setbacks and pain fear is a lie because fear is telling you it's eternal you can't get past it Fear is telling you that it's, that it's unbeatable. It's unbeatable. Fear is a liar. It's a liar. It's, li- it's telling you. The danger itself of that temptation, of that setback, of that pain is real. Peter, that is a real wave. That can drown you. It's real. But the fear of that thing is a lie. Here's why. Because the wave itself is a lie. Think about the nature of a wave. It's my third point. The nature of a wave. Can a wave generate uh, energy from within itself? No. A wave just can't start itself like in Moana and just like go like that and stay like that. That doesn't happen. What is the thing that drives a wave? The wind. The wave is lying to you saying, hey, it's me trying to scare you. It's me about to take over your life. But the wave itself is a liar. It's what I call borrowed energy. It's borrowed energy. Listen to me. Do not waste your energy on borrowed energy when you can be using your energy from raw energy. Do not waste your energy on borrowed energy when you can be taking energy from raw energy. Jesus is living water. Much like the water in Moana, he generates energy from within himself. He doesn't need any wind, any outside force to give him the power that he presumes to have. He already has it. Jesus, much like the sun, right? The sun in our universe, everything, the sun is the only bit of raw energy inside of our universe. Everything in the Milky Way gets his energy from the sun. Everything else in the universe is borrowed energy. So, so, uh, but the sun is the only bit of raw energy. Uh, solar companies base their work on this. Solar companies come to your house and say, you know, sir, you are wasting your energy on borrowed energy. You're wasting your energy plugging into an outlet, which is just borrowed energy. You're, wasting, you're working more jobs, more hours, spending more money, wasting energy on borrowed energy when you could just get a solar panel and use raw energy right now i don't work for a solar company but if anyone does tell them they have to pay me for that but listen it's borrowed energy 
Peter is looking at this wave, wasting energy, falling down on something that's just borrowed. When Jesus said, dude, I'm the one that has real energy. I'm living water. I have energy from within myself that you can have, that I can give you. Don't waste your energy looking at borrowed energy. It's a waste of time. Fear is a lie, and fear is lying to you. The wave is lying to you. But Jesus is unshakable. This is why, this is why Jesus has raw energy. Because when Jesus calls Peter out on a boat, when Jesus calls water, uh, Peter out of the boat onto the water, what he's actually saying is, dude, Peter, that, wa- that wave can hit me. I'm not going to move. Jesus, not only is he living water, but the Bible calls him a rock. And so if that wave hits Jesus, he is not going to flinch. If that wave hits the Lord, he's not going to move. Peter might move because he's not a rock. His name means rock, but he's not a rock yet. Jesus is not going to move when that wave hits him. The wave is shakable. Jesus isn't. The wave is lying to you. Jesus isn't. Jesus is truth. Jesus is non-shakable. He's unshakable. The Bible says immediately Jesus picks him up and pulls him up. He wants him to know, dude, that wave can move other stuff around here, but it can't move me. The love of Jesus is unshakable. And so practically, the next time a wave comes into your life, because there's going to be more waves. You might be in a season right now where there's not a lot of waves in your life. Life's good. But there's going to come a time where there's going to be lots of waves, one after another. In fact, in the ocean, this is how you drown. Because one wave hits you, and then another one comes right on the back of it and hits you again. And then when they're constant, what people do uh, in a wave in the ocean is what happens is a wave comes and hits you, and people panic. That's why some people don't like to swim in the ocean. They panic. They get all tense, and they panic, and they can't swim. They can't calm down. And get out of the water. And we do the same thing. Temptation comes. A setback comes. Pain comes. And we panic. And we tense up. And we just start getting rocked by the waves. One wave. Another wave. Another wave. And because we're panicking, you can't get out of it. A true Hawaiian, a true Hawaiian would tell you to relax your body. The waves come. Just relax your body. Let the water, like, run over you and tumble you and barrel you. And then... Swim to the top. But what are called howlies, people who come from the mainland over to Hawaii, what howlies do is they tense up, and the water hits them, and they just freak out, and they usually die. That's how it happens. Don't let these waves tense you up because they're liars. They're not. The fear is a lie. The danger is real. But the fear behind it is a lie. It's temporary. It's not eternal. It's seasonal. It's not unbeatable. And most of all, it's a lie. And God is unshakable. So when the next wave comes into your life, because it will come, what you need to do very practically, because they're going to come very practically, this is going to sound crazy. You don't necessarily need to look straight at Jesus. If, If you look straight at him, you missed it. He wants you to look at that wave. My son, Amos, he, um, when he falls down or 
uh, when he gets in trouble, he has a tendency where he knows I'm disciplining him. He looks at me. But typically what I try to do is I take his attention back at what he just did. So if he, like his dinosaurs we talked about last week, if he throws his dinosaurs at somebody and I say, Amos, don't do that, he looks at me. And if he's looking at me because he doesn't understand my words yet, he's not really going to get it. So what I typically do is I take the dinosaur and I, I show him, hey, this, don't throw it at people. You need to look at this. Don't throw it at people. God has every intention for you to look at the wave. Look at the thing you're struggling with. Look at the thing that is, is making you fearful. Stare at it. Look into it. Let, it. let God strip away the fear of that thing. Here's what we do. This is what we do. We let fear make us doubt Jesus. When we should let Jesus let us doubt fear. We let fear make us doubt Jesus. When we should let Jesus make us doubt the fear. There's going to come a point in Peter's life where he's standing up at Pentecost. 33,000 people are going to come to Christ. And in that moment, Peter is so bold. There's going to come another time in Peter's life when they ask to kill Peter. And Peter says, crucify me upside down. Invert my crucifixion. He asked them to do that. And at that moment, what Peter is saying is because Jesus is in my life, I now doubt the thing I'm afraid of. But earlier in this text, he was letting the thing he's afraid of doubt the one he loved. And in fact, in John 21, in John 21, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Then don't doubt me. Feed my sheep. Don't doubt the fact that I called you. Peter, do you love me? Then don't doubt me. Peter, do you love me? Then don't doubt me. And the text says that Peter cried at that moment because he knew exactly what Jesus was doing. The lesson Jesus has been trying to teach Peter his whole life, he finally got a glimpse of it. And that's that perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love, 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love casts out all fear. Once you look into that thing, look into that thing that is making you afraid and you stare deep into it, you'll realize, oh my gosh, that thing's temporary. Love isn't. That thing is seasonal. Love is, gives me the power to beat that thing. You look into it and you say, oh my gosh, that thing is just a lie. But fear is truth. And perfect love casts out all fear. Don't just try to look at love and be like, oh God, your love is so great. That's not going to help you. A non-believer, if a non-believer came in here and I preached the message, look at, the, look at Jesus, don't look at the wave, that non-believer would walk out this door. Because I'm insulting that person's in, uh, intellect. I'm insulting that person. He's going to come in here thinking, okay, preacher, my life's a mess. And you want me just to ignore the fact that my life's a mess? And then Jesus is saying, your life is a mess. And until you realize your life's a mess, you won't look at me until you face it. Until you look at that wave and realize, oh my God, I'm jacked up. I am jacked up. And it's when that moment happens, you're able to see that the perfect love of God can cast out all that fear. The perfect love of God, face it. Look at it. Look into it. Because in that wave, God is trying to teach you something about his love. And if we always just look the other way and try to look at Jesus, do the spiritual thing, do the pharisaical thing, and just 
you know, look the other way, you will miss it. God wants you to look into it, deep into it. Realize what that thing is really selling you because it's selling you something. And it's fear. It's a lie. It's temporal and it's seasonal. But God himself in his perfect love is unshakable, unbeatable, and he's never going to lie to you. He's never going to lie to you because he loves you. And we see that when he rose from the dead. Guys, this dude rose from the dead. You can't tell me he's beatable. You can't tell me he's shakable. You can't tell me. You can't tell me he's not eternal. A dude rose from the dead. That's a big deal. He didn't, like, he died, but he got back up. You can't tell me that he's not eternal. No one's ever done that. You can't tell me that he's beatable because no one's ever done that. You can't tell me that he's shakable because no one's ever done that. Just, we over-spiritualize things. Think about this. He rose from the dead. If I shoot you right now, you are dead. Dead, dead. Jesus rose from the grave. That song... Woe, chemo, sabi, chopper, amen at your body or noggin by Migos, the song t-shirt. You're saying, if I shoot you with this, with this chopper, you are dead. So, like, watch out. Whoa, right? Gee, you could shoot Jesus. He'd come back. He's unshakable. He's unbeatable. Don't listen to the lie. The fear is a lie. The danger of death is real. Don't listen to the lie. Listen to the maker of the waves, not the wave itself. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this very practical lesson, God. I I know that you had every intention for this not to be super over-spiritual or too lofty. God, for the person here who is struggling with the waves, knocking them down every day. God, we pray that they would look into those waves and they would realize what they actually are, God, that they're not um, eternal like you are, that they're not unbeatable like you are. God, they're not unshakable like you are. God, we pray the truth of your character and who you truly are as man, as God, would change the way we see the things in our life, God, and that they would give us hope um, to follow you, God, on those days. God, we thank you that your resurrection is proof of that. We thank you that the history, the history books Um, prove, God, that you rose from the dead. God, we thank you for that truth, that we can trust you when the waves of life come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.